This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Tuesday, it's the 18th of July 2023, and today we're talking about Site Village. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, Sean Priest, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. This is weird. I'm very well, thank you, Stephen. How are you, sir? Double Tap, the musical coming to a West End near you. Nowhere near you, yes, you lucky exactly. people. As long as that town is not one near you, you'll be fine. <sighs> Ah, I must admit, I am yes. a little bit tired. I'm oh, going come to try. On. I'm going to no. Listen to me. I'm going to try my best. But the truth is, I made the mistake as an elderly gentleman of sitting on the sofa before recording, and I must admit. <laughs> All right, thank you. I did fall asleep, so I am just awake. But you know, you can't tell because, as ever, I am professional. Thank you. Thank you. You found your button. Well done, you. Well- <laughs> I don't know where the button is. That's, we're sorted. We are absolutely fine. Uh, so, yeah, we were due to be at Site Village this week. Mm. Uh, that hasn't happened. But instead, we have Tim Dixon, uh, who is there for us. Now, Tim is a listener to the show. He got in touch on Twitter and on Mastodon to say, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to be at Site Village. And, you know, ever the opportunist that I am, I thought, well, we're not there. So, uh, do you want you want to be our correspondent, uh, Tim? You fancy that? Whoever contacts us, do you want to do yeah. something for us? <laughs> just be aware when you get in touch. Do, yes. If you're telling us where you are, just be prepared to say <laughs> or to get a response that kind of goes along the lines of, "Hey, do you want to do something for us?" You are now on assignment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, yes, uh, Tim Dixon, or as we like to know him, our site village correspondent. Yes, specifically for the Birmingham area of England. <laughs> Tim Scoop Dixon, there. <laughs> Well done, sir. He is going to be joining us a bit later to tell us uh, what he's got his grubby little hands on. And actually, from what I'm hearing, some really interesting tech that we haven't talked about a lot of on this show. So, But that's yeah. all we do. We do talk tech. Well, we um, talk something. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if it's okay. tech. But anyway, uh, let's get to some messages, shall we? Because uh, lots of you getting in touch, as always, calling us on one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven, leaving us your voicemails, and also leaving your emails uh, or sending your emails to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Remember, you could record a voice note on your phone and attach it to an email and send that. And if you want, lots of you do that already, which is brilliant. And if you want to do that, that's one way of doing it. Or, like I say, you can just call us and leave us a voicemail, as Felix did. Hello, Double Tapper. This is Felix. And uh, I've been checking out the uh, hot news thing, Threads. Now, um, I was under the impression that this particular uh, platform was not accessible. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd give it a go. And this is somewhat what I've had to do and my views whilst using it. So the idea is that what you need to do is when you first uh, download it, you need to have an Instagram account. And you use that to basically log in. Now, if you're already logged in like I am on Instagram, it sort of knows your details and what you have to do in this case is just um, confirm it and just double tap and then you're, you're in. Um, the sign up process for it is actually relatively easy. You get asked several questions. You, you, um, you, you will be asked first and foremost, do you want to follow the people you follow on Instagram? You can either say yes or no to this. Uh, then you'll be asked, do you want your um, your profile to be public or private? Private basically means that only your friends can see you and people who you follow. And the public one allows you to post and have all your posts be seen by everybody. So, similarly to Twitter, really. What I found also interesting is that generally with the iPhone, it seems to be quite accessible. You can, a lot of it, um, you can tweet or, in this case, create a thread, which is same as a Twitter post. You can uh, like it, you can share it, you can also repost it. Again, similar to Twitter. Um, of course, we know that, uh, as discussed on uh, Double Tap quite recently, actually, that um, the text that allows us to be able to know what a picture is is not accessible. But generally, using the app in general is actually quite easy um, and accessible. There are a few things I find very interesting, such as being able to uh, switch 
instantly to Instagram and back. Um, what you can do is like a tab at the top of the screen where it tells you to switch to Instagram and you, again, once you're logged in, you can just switch backwards and forwards. Uh, that's the first thing. But also, in, equally as interesting, is that um, based on the current situation, you can post or uh, you can share your thread to Twitter and it becomes a tweet. Now, you'll be, once you do this, there'll be a link that will post or um, appear on Twitter and then you can um, you can click, click that link and anyone who's following on that can see to post it on threads. So that's basically that. Now, the layout on the bottom, you've got your profile at the bottom right-hand corner, which basically shows your basic usage, or at least, sorry, your, you know, your picture and other such things. But also you can see what you've recently posted. Now, I've posted two uh, threads, which, I can, uh, which are, are publicly available. And uh, there are other things like you can create a post, you can check the home tab, and uh, I think it's quite good. So that's basically my review of threads so far. I'm going to continue playing with it. And um, yes, thank you for listening, and good show as always. It's been Felix. Bye for now. Thank you, Felix, giving us his thoughts on threads. I have to say, I, I'm, I'm just to be clear on this, I think people might have misunderstood what I was talking about regarding the accessibility. I haven't said it's inaccessible, but I, I just don't find it very usable or indeed particularly enjoyable whilst being usable. And of course, there are those challenges with not being able to add alt text to images. Uh, and I, I believe the contrast and uh, large text options, dynamic type isn't there for a lot of people. So in terms of accessibility, it depends how you look at it. Um, you can move around it with a screen reader, but I just think personally it's too verbose for me. It's just too much information going on. They just haven't grouped the items properly in my too view. Too much swipage, I believe the technical yes, term that's is, right. to get to the next message or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I, you know what's really put me off threads is the link to Instagram. I've just, I mean, I've looked at Instagram a long time ago and I just decided this isn't for me. I'm still not convinced it's for visually impaired people. There, I've said it. No, I, I listen. I, I, if I had the button handy, I would applaud that. Thank Hang you. Hang on, there it is. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Um, I literally yeah, uh, did applaud that <laughs> without doing anything other than press a button. I heard a rumor that the actual threads trying to sign up through threads itself is inaccessible, but I'm not entirely sure. I mean, am I hearing rumors about this? Can you actually sign up through threads without having? to go to Instagram first. Well, I didn't do that I, because I must have already signed up for Instagram. Because you already had one. Yeah, that's so the as thing, soon as, right? as soon as I opened it up, it said, do you want to use your Instagram account to connect through? And I did. Now, I, I also must say, I think the, there's a serious privacy concern around this because the, the details about privacy, and look, this is nothing new with social media, but there is definitely a concern because, I mean, what is it, the EU that doesn't want this to be used or is not allowing this to be made available in the EU. Is that right? Am I reading this correctly? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, and the reason being, I can't quite remember. But well, you it's, are to, it's right. to do with privacy, isn't it? It's to do with the data collection, I think, is the biggest yeah, concern. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know what the specifics of that of, of that are. Um, but you, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I must admit, it's a network I'm kind of avoiding at the moment. I, I think also you get a bit of overload with these things. I mean, it took me long enough to get interested in Mastodon. And, you know, I feel, okay, I'm there now. And now you want to go and try this other one? And to be honest, I don't know. I kind of try to go where the majority of our audience will be. You know, I want to talk to blind people, mostly. Uh, you know, I, want, yeah. I, I mean, that's why I like about Twitter, because you get a chance to speak to everybody, but you can also speak to a group of blind people as well. Uh, Mastodon, it's pretty much predominantly blind people I'm speaking to, which is fine. I'm cool with that. But, you know, if you want your message to get out there to a wider public, it is Twitter. Threads, I mean, I know a lot of people have signed up for it, but I'm not entirely mm. sure how long that, that interest will last. People just are so used to using Twitter. But yeah, just, but this is all Elon Musk's fault. Can we just say it? It's just his fault. Well, it is screwed fault. this up for everybody. I would love to see how long that share to Twitter feature works from Threads. Yes. Um, <laughs> how long well, let's see, how, let's see how that cage fight goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually rooting for Facebook on this one. Um, it just seems, I mean... <laughs> 
we've seen this so many times though and a, a new app comes out and lots of people jump on it but it's how long it remains active for yeah it. so i'm not convinced i don't know what this offers over anything else of course there's that you know i don't like the way twitter is going anymore and i'm leaving for whatever reason but as you said i think mastodon got there before threads um so and what's new what what killer feature does threads offer me that other social media platforms don't i, I honestly at the moment I don't see anything. No. Well, I, not for me anyway, to be honest. And if they're still posting on Twitter and I'm still there, then I may as well just stay on Twitter. There's no point going across to another network to see the same content. Yes. It doesn't make sense. Um, but thank okay. you, Felix. Yeah, thanks, Felix. I appreciate that, though. And, and let us know how you got on with it. I think you may be our Threads correspondent from here on in. <laughs> you can you can go and uh, test that particular water for us and let us know if it's uh, beautiful and lukewarm or indeed if it's boiling hot and Shark terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I want to mention a message I got. Uh, this was from Gordon Luke, who's a regular listener to our show. And uh, Gordon was hearing me talk about the Open Fits earbuds, and he wanted to know some things about them. Um, I'm also seeing a couple of comments coming through on the emails as well. Mary Ellen Hart wrote in, uh, suggesting that it can't be the earbuds for the blind if you have to get a sighted person to read the instructions. Now, I'm not sure where you're getting that from, Mary. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned this, but maybe you've heard it somewhere else. I, I, I didn't have any issue connecting with these at all, or certainly didn't need to read any instructions. You can go online and there's a ton of instructions on how to use these. Everything I was reading about uh, didn't involve a sighted person at all. I just went onto the website. And, of course, there's always reviews as well. People talk about these things. So, you know, I, the only thing I had to really check, well, I didn't get it checked by either. I just kind of went for it to see if it worked, was the pairing process because it's a little bit weird. You have to open up the case and then you put your finger on each of the earbuds where the essentially where the earbud itself is. You hold your fingers on there just pressing on it. You don't have to like press it like a click or anything. Just hold your finger there. And that after maybe 10 seconds, it will reset the pairing. Um, so that's something you do need to know how to do. And it answers one of Gordon's questions, which is, can you pair these to multiple devices? Oftentimes with these earbuds nowadays, you can have them connected to a number of different things. No, these open fits can only connect to one at a time. And I think that's the case. I don't want to say this too surely, but I, I think that's the case for most of these uh, bone conduction headsets from Shocks. I'm not sure about the open comms. Something tells me the open comms can connect to more than yeah, one I think, device. Yeah, I think they are, what do they call it, multi-point. So yeah, that's right, multi-point. It remembers, so you don't have to put it in pairing mode every time. It just, whatever device it's... But you do uh, have to do that with these. With these open fits, you do these have to unpair one. them. Okay. And I have to be honest, that kind of suits me, right? I, I'm not a fan of this. This with the AirPod thing... I hate all this back and forward. You know, you, you, use, you open Siri on your Apple Watch and suddenly the, Airbus, the AirPods are connected to those and then suddenly you can't get it back to the iPhone. The iPhone's now talking out loud. You have to mm. go back in and then with a MacBook, it's it's a, just a game of cat and mouse, you know, trying to be able to get the, the earbuds to stay focused on which one Which one's it connected to first? Device, which yeah. one's closest? Yeah, it, it can be a little bit difficult, but I don't know what the, the good answer to that is. Other than you have to go into your settings every time and go through the Bluetooth devices and actually manually, you know, tap on it or click on it, but um, just buy more I, pairs. There, there is a, <laughs> there is a difference though. I mean, you can say that this, you know, because the I'm, I'm guessing what's being said here is that documentation isn't an accessible format, therefore they're not, they can't be, you know, for the blind. But I mean, they're not designed for the uh, blind audience. But at the same time, we can say, <clears throat> excuse me, they work really well for for us as you know as getting around and still hearing what's going on around you so as you said to be honest everything is available via the internet now i i, I any manual i always just search for the pdf in google and uh, and read it that way because or I mean, bard or chat gpt you know you can get lots of information yeah, yeah, from that's that yeah that's true also youtube is very good just read any review and it usually goes through the setup process for you yeah as long as it's not a video that just plays music all day Ah, yeah. No, they're terrible. Those are great, aren't they? It's lovely just listening to music, wondering, hmm, what's happening? It's funny, I was watching something the other day. It was a review, and uh, I had I, I just clicked on it from, a, a, you know, on, on a web page. I, hadn't, uh, I wasn't aware of the source. And I'm listening to this audio, and I'm thinking, this audio is terrible. Really poor <laughs> audio quality. And it only occurred to me later on that it was on YouTube, and it was a video. 
you know. So, oh, of course. Obviously, maybe yeah. it looked better than it sounded. I often sit there thinking, this intro music's going on a bit. Yeah. I'll just give, give it another <laughs> 10 seconds. Oh, no, it's music all the way through. Yeah, it's just text on a screen. Yeah, yeah not great. Um, but anyway, Gordon's questions. Uh, so there was a question about multi-point audio. So no, sadly not. You will have to unpair and repair each time. Um, leakage of sound. Now, that's an interesting one because the uh, bone conduction headsets don't give off too much, but you do get a little bit of leakage. Uh, the Bose frames, for example, that I've got, which I do really like, uh, they do give off a lot of audio because the sound is basically being fired near your ear. So... It's not only near your ear, but whoever's sitting next to you as well's ear uh, that's getting that audio sent to them uh, because the audio is firing downwards from the legs of the glasses. Uh, so there's that. Um, Don't but, try and wind me up. Yes. And the leakage <laughs> of these open fits is actually not that bad. It's really not that... I mean, I have, I have them at full volume and I was sitting them on the desk to do a little bit of a leakage test for my own interests. And this was not in my ear. This was just sitting on the desk facing downwards. So the sound is, is hitting the desk. Mm. And I could barely hear it. And that was in a quiet room. Oh, well, that's, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Every audio pair of sunglasses, uh, it's just, the leakage is terrible. You might as well just carry around some Bluetooth headphones. Exactly, yeah. Because everyone can hear what, what you can hear, basically. But, um, no, that's cool. So that's pretty good. Um he mentioned about the app, because there's the app, of course, as well, which is the Shocks app, and he mentions that it's not available for the PC. I think Gordon's thinking these could be good for a workplace environment uh, using with a computer. I don't disagree. Um, however, yeah, there is no app for the PC. What I would say to you, though, is it's probably a good idea to connect it up to your phone every so often and just make sure that the firmware is updated, if nothing else. You probably don't want to do any more than that. I don't think you need to do any more with that with the app. There, There are options in there for for a little bit of control, customization of the sound, but that may be only applicable to that device you're connected to. I don't know if that would reset when you go onto a PC. It may well. So that's something to be aware of. Um, and he also asked about the latency, because this, of course, is the other big issue for us, isn't it, With when it comes to Bluetooth headsets, whatever it is. What's the latency like? Um, with a PC, with my laptop, uh, I've got Lenovo here, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, it's not great. This is not brilliant. Uh, you do get a little bit of latency. It's mm. noticeable latency. Uh, interestingly, though, and now I'm thinking about this, uh, maybe I may redo this test because I did it using a Bluetooth keyboard. And I sometimes wonder if there's a combined latency between Bluetooth keyboards, laptop, headphones. Mm. If everything's Bluetooth, is there a combined latency problem? Maybe yeah. with the actual keyboard itself on the laptop, I should have tried. I didn't do that, so maybe try that again. But you, you will probably find, depending on the age of the computer, sometimes the Bluetooth type as well. I think is it up probably up to five point two. I think is the latest version of Bluetooth. Um, then you know you may find that latency gets less, but it is Bluetooth at the end of the day. So, so there's always going to be some sort of latency there. I got to say though, microphones. The best I've heard. Yeah, so I called you from the shopping mall the other day, right? Yeah, you did. Because uh, I, on... I called you twice. I called you on the Bose frames and then on the open fits. Tell me your thoughts. Bose frames. I thought you were standing next to a waterfall. <laughs> it was that sound all the way through. And then mm. you turned on um, voice isolation mode. Yes. And it was like someone turned on a noise gate. Complete silence. But then every time you spoke, that that sissing noise would break through and it just it, the voice then that's was my accent not, you're talking about yeah yeah it was terrible so <laughs> <laughs> then you switched over to the open fits and it was so good it was so good now the hiss was still there but it was at a level that was really low really background noise mm. uh, whereas the other one just sounded like it was over you it was overwhelming and your voice was rock solid and for you know for let's say earbuds and bluetooth it was the best I've heard. It was really good. I was really impressed. Gordon, I think for you, my recommendation would not be the open fits for the PC. I think for the phone, it's fine. I mean, you do get a little bit of latency from the phone as well. That's something you just have to kind of suck up, I guess, with the realities of Bluetooth. Um, but what I would say is for a PC, something like the OpenCom and the unified comms option, which gives you that little USB dongle, which I hadn't seen before. I didn't know that was an option until I was on the website looking for, for the specs of the Shox OpenFit. And I saw that they now do the OpenCom with the UC, which is that little adapter. And and it's, it's 
I guess there's reasons for that unified comms. I think it's so you can use different buttons on the headset for, say, muting or for ending a call or, you know, answering a call on Teams or something like that. But for us, it means you're getting a little bit more of a stable connection, which will lower that latency. So it's not coming across over uh, the Bluetooth protocol, I'm guessing. It's using a different protocol. Um is, is that I, like an RF? It's not an RF. I haven't it? even, yeah, I haven't looked into this at all. But I mean, I'm assuming it's on the same principle as the keyboards, right? You get a Bluetooth keyboard, but sometimes you also get the unifying yes. uh, receiver or connector, Volt or Bolt, I believe it's called in the Logitech one. And it gives a stronger, faster connection than the Bluetooth does because it's direct and nothing else is using it, I'm guessing. So, yeah, but I don't actually know what, what it uses, as in Wi-Fi, Bluetooth or RF. I don't know. Uh, let's go on, and I hope that helps anyone who's wanting to know more about them. Uh, it sounds in some ways as if I'm kind of going back in what I've said, and it's, I, I'm not, because I actually really do love them. Um, one thing I'll add, though, and just an important point to add on this, what's it like using them outside in a crowded environment? Um, I think the reality for all of these is you will always find it more difficult to get you know, a, a full sound, a really kind of in-your-ear sound on something that is not in your ear. It's just that reality. And, you know, I was in a busy shopping mall. Kids are screaming. Mums are screaming at the kids. Awful. Mums are screaming at the dads. Yeah. The, the dads are screaming at anybody else who will listen. <laughs> and all that's going on. And, you know, I'm trying to hear Sean scream at me. Um, so, you know, with all that going on, it, there's a lot of noise. And it is quite hard to sometimes dis, you know, disentangle all that. But I would say I could hear him much better through the open fits than I could through the Bose frames. It was much pref much more preferable to to talk to you that way. It was still a little bit quiet to me, but I could still hear, I could probably hear you better and the audio was closer. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. But yeah, you did mention there, though, there was a problem you did find, and that is wearing glasses. Oh, yes. Yeah, that is, face. this is the killer for me. Because I have to wear the sunglasses <laughs> when I'm out and about, and it really, I wish I didn't, but there's no way around it for me. So because of that, having them... And the open fits on. Uh, it's not the easiest, I'll be honest. It's kind of annoying. Because the arms fit, uh, well, sit on top of the hook yeah. for the open fits, right? That's right. So what we now like need is wearing shocks. Wearing a hat on a hat. We need shock sunglasses. So come on, guys. If we just get on that. Shocks frames. Shocks frames. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, these companies must come out with these products and then they hear us talk and go, honestly, I don't know why we bother. Yeah. We, we make this great product and then they, they're, they're off developing their own. On, you know, waiting for us to develop this. Uh, right, let's get uh, your old friend Shazad has hey! been back in touch and uh, Laura reads our emails. Hello, Sean, Stephen and Laura. Can you help me with a dilemma on which Android smartphone to go for? As I tried using Samsung A54 5G phone, but it is hard for me to jump from using a button phone to a smartphone. I don't want to join the Apple fan club as many friends have told me that the battery does not last long as far as I know. But Sean, why are you not making new episodes of Sean of the Shed podcast as you haven't yeah. updated it recently? Yeah, I Sean. would appreciate if you think that Google Pixel 7 or Google Pixel 7 Pro is a good phone to have for a blind person to join the smartphone revolution. Keep up the show as you two make me laugh when I'm listening to Double Tap. It's the best show to listen to every day. I hope you have some breaking news about Call Annie coming to Android phones as it's currently being used on Apple phones at the moment. From Shazad, Birmingham. Well, funny you say that, Shazad. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, it's not coming to Android yet. Um, <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. Uh, um, I, I, I do a Sean of the Shared podcast is available on the 15th of every month. One a month. That's all you need. So you're um, getting. So there, so there should have been one a few days ago. Um, and when it comes to Android phones, um, I mean, so you're making the transition there between a, a physical button phone to a touchscreen, which is always going to be, you know, there's going to be that learning curve, and we all went through it, believe me. Um, I, I will say, just just to be a little bit balanced, that, that uh, the battery life on Apple phones is absolutely fine. Um, so I wouldn't worry from that point I of love view. That you, I love you feel the need to be balanced towards Apple. I find that uh, well, hilarious, well, no, considering no, how we talk about Android on this yeah, show. Yeah, no, I, can't, I can't just leave that out there, that Apple phone's battery is is, is not great. Well, it depends, the, on the, it depends on the phone. 
if we're honest. No, it depends on the age of the phone, but you could say that for Android as I well. Don't, I don't know. I would say the SE isn't as good as, you know, the, the 13. The 13 isn't as good well, as the, the 14. Well, the mini is terrible compared to anything bigger, but it's all about the physical size, right? Mm. If you get a small Android phone, then obviously the battery life isn't going to be great on that compared to a S23 or no, something. No, no, no. That, that will actually last you for days. You know why? Because you can't do anything productive That's with it. not true. In the, in the sake of being balanced again, <laughs> that is also not true. Um... If any if any of our listeners wants to recommend a, a uh, uh, entry level Android phone, then please do. But I would say the Pixels for me are a great place to start because they run the vanilla Android operating system. So you always get the latest updates. You're not going to get any bloatware, any any software that's added on that maybe give you accessibility problems. They are very good phones. And even the um, the A range, so the 6A, the 5A or whatever, the cheaper side of those, honestly, I didn't see any difference other than the the material they use to build these things. You know, one will be in aluminium, one will be in plastic. They are amazing value for money. So I would honestly recommend a Pixel phone if you want to go for Android. I think on the lower cost of the range, and, and other people can chime in on this, but I think Motorola's a good shout as well. Motorola phones have always been very good. That was my first experience, and I absolutely <laughs> loved it. It was my favourite phone, actually, for a long time. Uh, I, I'm looking at Negative Julian for the answer to this one, because I think he knows the answer to this. Anyway, stick around. More to come on Double Tap. Thanks, Shazad. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Okay, let's now go to our correspondent who's in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, no, hang on. No. Is it? I got no, that no, wrong no, again. No, oh, sorry. Oh, Birmingham, England. It's Tim Dixon is with us <laughs> here. Hey. Hey. Our correspondent us. on the ground. Probably. Are you on the ground? <laughs> not yet. I've not had any beers yet. How is it, Tim? Smashing. Really good. good. Buzzing. There's a lot of uh, a lot going on. Uh, a good atmosphere and a lot of tech to see, but no KFC. But no KFC. No, I know that that was that was tragic when I heard that news. I have yeah. to say, I don't think we could have coped with that. Um, I think you were right. I think that was definitely a deciding factor in us not being at Site Village this year. Uh, I question though, because is this your first Site Village? Yes, it is. What were you expecting? I was expecting to see a Sean and Stephen. Um, <laughs> but in addition, addition <laughs> sorry, <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> it, I mean, obviously, listened to the the podcasts over the years and heard what you've seen at Site Village. Um, so, really, I w- it was to meet with similar uh, people, blinders, uh, <laughs> partialists, and see what technology we have out there. Uh, what what technology is available? Get hands on with the Able One. Um, have a look at the the monarch and the multi multi display multi line display oh, yeah, and, yeah. and and really just um it where i live in the the east of england there's not many events that go on so it's uh it's not always possible to see people of a similar age range that uh, have sight impairment and get time to speak to people and um really get to see the community. There's lots of the community that I've seen here today, which has been fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, like you said, it's not just about getting hands-on with the tech, although that is really important as well. But it is, I mean, you're absolutely right. I can't remember the last time I, I got together with a group of other visually impaired people. I mean, it used to be back in the day, I'm talking at least a decade or two ago, that, that used to happen, but it when doesn't anymore. When you were 20, anymore. Sean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. All right, funny. Okay, there you go. He's trying to help me here, Sean. Before you get on your high horse. Uh, all right, okay. I'm very, very sorry. Um, but <laughs> no, you're you're right. It's, it is nice to get together and, and chat about, you know, this stuff that we're interested in. It's very cool. It's also good to see how others, um, like, I don't think I see somebody, anybody else with a white cane out there and with my peripheral vision to know how others are necessarily using it. And so seeing how others are using it, how they're approaching things, what they do when they get to the coffee machine and you can't read it, um, just catching how other people are tackling 
the challenges of losing sight. And I think there's an element of being in the same room as someone and being able to have that honest conversation about how difficult it is um, mm -hmm. to adjust over time. And I know there's been many conversations on this podcast um, uh, where, Sean, you've, you've shared experiences that have been like, wow, yeah, I really get that and really grateful for you being open and sharing them and, and getting that in a face-to-face -face environment and having the, the two-way conversation is helpful as well. Hang on, hang on. What about me? I've shared a lot no, as well. No, 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 no. You didn't share you, as good as me. You, you've shared a lot, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, Too much. There's, bits that, there's bits that I remember that you've shared that have really helped, like um, making sure I have a soundproof room before I start screaming at Jaws. Yes. Um, <laughs> Don't pander to him. Tim, it's all fine. Don't worry about it. I think I think what he's suggesting is I've I've given him the Im most important tips. Actually, yes. I think I think I'm, absolutely I'm build a soundproof room. You here. <laughs> oh, come on! We all know no, we all know who no. the favourite is around here. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. Yes, thanks. So the <laughs> <laughs> so that's the social side. Well, what about the tech then? Have you got your Tony, hands on? No, hang on. Hang on. You know, Tim brings up this hugely important point, and you just want to skip on. What's wrong with you? Yes, yes, I do. Because, you know, we've talked about this before. It's absolutely fine. And to be quite honest, I'm getting a little bit embarrassed about how great I am. So I'm going oh, okay. to save your well, blushes, listen, I, I actually, I think you um, you bring up such an interesting point here, Tim. And I think it's... Oh, don't go serious now. No, I'm going to go serious for a second. Oh, please. We'll get okay. back to the nonsense in a minute, I promise. But, you know, the thing is, you know, just what you said there, it kind of made me think about something. We all have very low confidence in some respects about our own abilities, and especially those of us who lose sight later in life. And I guess there's always a little question mark, Tim, isn't there, about how we do what we do. It, it, you know, we're kind of always measuring ourselves against other people all the time. But it's hard to do that when you don't have anyone else around you. And you'd make a great point. You know, you're going through the, the event today, you know, yesterday, you're walking around and you're seeing other people do what they do, and you're kind of, I guess, either picking up some tips from that or realising that actually yeah. you're okay, you're doing it right. Absolutely. And and they, there's still a bit of, hold on a minute, I just got up from the, the table and wandered across because I, I roughly, the peripheral vision's good enough to the breakfast table and, and got more bacon, and I didn't take my white cane. Who's watching me? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. Oh, I've done that so many times. At uh, uh, what point is somebody going to come over and say, you're not really blind? <laughs> this is where the, the whole blind versus partially sighted thing comes in as well. Yeah, it's very interesting, Tim. But you, you, we, we must talk about this again, but but not today. Let's talk about the tech stuff because, of course, Sight Village yeah. is what you're there for. Uh, and it's very interesting stuff you're talking about. So what did you actually get a chance to get hands on with? So I will start with the, is it called the Ultra Cane? Hmm. Which um, is a, a white cane with a two ultrasonic sensors on it, one pointing down, one pointing up, and um, two vibrating buttons on top, one for the, the downward and one for the upwards. And I was actually pleasantly surprised at... It didn't. It, it wasn't vibrating the whole handle, so you didn't lose all of the tactile feeling of using the cane. Um, but you got that buzz when somebody was putting the hands in this case, because we're in a conference room, but uh, putting the hand in front of the sensor, so you knew that there was that potentially that bush hanging over or that tree hanging over and in your way. Um, so it. it it made me, because I'd listened to lots of podcasts and hearing about the different smart canes out there, I was a bit dubious about, is this just adding more more for us to feel, more for us to handle? Uh, is, is this really helping us? Is it distracting from what the white cane should do? I'm still not 100% on this, but it, the fact that it was buzzing in two set places and not the full handle um and the way it buzzed and the reaction was actually really good and i tell you what if it stops me walking into um a tree again or a bush and a branch that's hanging over then it might actually be worth the money i think that's a really good point you know does the tech actually add anything because we've seen this before Stephen, you tried the we walk cane right yeah i understand that's on actually on offer at site village the knack of it is is 
when there is just enough. And I'll be honest, I am quite interested by this ultra cane because that sounds really useful to me. It's not going overboard in the tech that maybe just feels like it gets in the way, but having that extra sensor there, or two in this case, but I'm just thinking, you know, the amount of times, especially around here, when I go on the, the walk in the morning with the dog, the amount of cars on the pavement, um, just being able to get a bit of a heads up that, hey, there's something in front of you, because I usually shoreline on the curb, right? So just getting that bit of just that little bit of tactile information would be really actually useful. I, I think what it had, because uh, I was expecting lots and lots of noise from it all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you're navigating, there's nothing in the way. There's no constant buzz. And it's two specific areas that your thumb, uh, two buttons that your thumb sits on. So it's not the full cane. I found the level, and I believe you could adjust it as well, the level of feedback was actually really good because you weren't getting, uh, like you said, Stephen, it's not a cane that's giving you um, a million bits of information. It was just, and you weren't really watching, uh, listening for it or anything. It, it was firm enough that you would notice it when it happened. Um, but I don't think it would take away from the feeling of the cane um, and, and the different surfaces. So, I mean, it, without using it, I can't say that for certain, but it felt like it was a good balance between being over-engineered and being simple and tactile. Other things come to mind, like how does it work in the rain and do the sensors get annoyed with with rain and do you have it beeping all the time because the rain's pouring off your jacket onto the sensor? All of those kind of things would only come with practical use. But it certainly piqued my interest, whereas before I was very much, no, I don't want a a smart cane of any kind. I'll stick with my my standard cane. I have to say, the Ultra King's been around for a long time. I was just searching there, just into my archives. And I, the first time I ever spoke to Julie Davis, and I don't know if it's still Julie who's uh, who's there uh, at Site Village nowadays, but um, you know, I was talking to her back in 2012 about the Ultra King. It's been yeah. around a long time. I think it was Julie today. Yeah, and she, she's been and she's been doing this a long time, and it's just really interesting, isn't it, to to kind of look back and see the history of it. Clearly, it's selling because it's still there, and <laughs> you know it, it, we hear so much about the We Walk, but I don't hear many people talk about the Ultra Cane. So come on, if there are any Ultra Cane users listening to this, get in touch. Love to hear your your thoughts on using this on a daily basis because I wonder if this might just have got it right. And we just haven't realised it because we're not hearing about it. I haven't heard of it before, I'm sure. Well, yeah, maybe I have. I don't know. It, it does. We so many things sort of flash into public view and then disappear That's again. True. That's the yeah. trouble when it comes to canes. But, yeah, if this one's been around a while, I would definitely like to try this one out. And that's why Site Village is so important, Tim, isn't it? Because you do get a chance to see companies that have been around for a long time and hear about products and get hands-on with those products. What else did you get your hands-on while you're filthy hands? What did you get them on when you were there? And, and this is Sean's fault. I uh, got my hands on an Able One and oh. uh, had a, a good time chatting to the, the co-founder of Able One about the device. And wow, that's that's all I can say. So quick to pick up and start navigating the phone, being able to type in Braille that I've now purchased one. And I am blaming you, Sean. Uh, no problem. You will <laughs> love it. Yeah, no, both, we said before that both Stephen and I were really getting into the Hable one, right? We were sending messages back and forth and, hey, look, I'm typing this. There's no more voice messages. Um, I will say it did take me, and I still keep forgetting now, just having to go through the either the website or the user manual for the um, navigation, uh, uh, not gestures, whatever it is, the chords, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because there's yeah. quite a few there, and they did recently change it with the update. So, um, yeah, but it is really useful, I must say. Yeah, I, I'm kind of guessing this is something you'll probably use quite a lot, Tim. I'm guessing this is probably going to be the the replacement for for yeah. um, for entry, especially on a train journey, right, or something like that. It's, pre- it's just perfect exactly. for that. I mean, I've brought my uh, Bluetooth keyboard with me, but I don't use it. I brought it thinking I might get it out, but it's just too big. Yeah. So I am looking for that small device that allows me to type. And at the end of the day, not me squinting with one eye closed, trying to read the screen and and press the keys to, to type messages and that. 
to, to try and remove me from using my eyes on on the screen and get more into voiceover. Well, as I you know did suggest to the company, they should use the line of where you know when you have a table, you don't need a table. Um, but they didn't seem Keep to pay much attention time. to that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think it. they should use it. I, no, I don't just, want, I want it, credit Steve, for that. I want okay. credit for that line. <laughs> I picked up the Hable one the other day. I have it on a little shelf, which is just above the bed. And I was uh, I had my phone on charge, on a charging stand across the room. And I had Netflix going. And, of course, after like four episodes or something, it said, are you still there? <laughs> uh, oh, no. And I didn't have the Bluetooth keyboard or anything. So but just grabbed the Hable one and was able to navigate the dialogue box, you know, OK, select OK, and carry on. And that sort of thing is really handy. And that size actually is important. There is a difference between that and the Bluetooth keyboard. There sure is. And, of course, when you go on a train, you're not guaranteed to get a table to sit with your laptop out and all the rest of it, right? So, you know, again, it just means you can work away and, and keep your phone safe. You know, a lot of people worry about their phone being oh, out in public. No, don't, no don't start, don't, don't start don't this, this pandering to the, oh, it's just, oh, the world is safe and lovely. Fear. Everyone is amazing. We live in a wonderful, wonderful world. Yeah, right. Anyway. Uh, Sean, when was the last time you went on the train by never, yourself? Ever. <laughs> never. Funny, I was just talking to a friend of mine who said he was just leaving the train and he put his Bluetooth uh, keyboard on the table while he was packing away and he turned back to pick it up and it had gone. <laughs> people are unbelievable. Yeah, see, I told you, people are terrible. But the thing is, I, yeah. I, I, here's, here's one for you. A friend of mine getting on a train, assistant comes up and says, hey, would you like a, a hand onto the train? Would you like an arm? I said, yeah, sure, no problem. Takes the arm, gets onto the train, realises when he gets to his seat, his backpack's been emptied. What, by the assistant? No, the assistant wasn't the assistant. <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh, that's I mean, terrible. He put, he put him on the right train, which, you know, Oh, that upside, was nice. Upside. <laughs> but downside, he'd emptied his bag. He obviously had someone with him, and that person with him was, you know, emptying the bag whilst he was walking along. Can I just say, this along. is a very rare occurrence, so please don't have nightmares out there. Just, just Good night. you know, be safe. That's all we're saying, um, yeah. and just be aware as much as you possibly can be. But no, this is this is a great thing, and uh, no one's suggesting you should buy a Hable <laughs> to stop everything being stolen from your bag. <laughs> that's not going to solve anything. Let's be honest about it. Um, but no, it's, it, that's interesting. So you bought that. Um, what else? Because there was, I mean, you mentioned the Monarch. That this is this. Yeah. This is this big. Uh, is it like a tablet? Isn't it like a Braille tablet? It is like a Braille tablet. So I'm trying to remember how many, I think it was 10 lines, and it's using dot technology, not the um, the standard Braille technology. Um, so it was very interesting in terms of having lots of information there. It was very much a develop, development product. It's not something that's on sale at the moment, hmm. but they're trying to get feedback and get people's responses to it. What was nice was that if you've got a graphic you can navigate around the graphic so there was a music symbol on the screen uh, on display and you could move left and right and then see the text that's next to it so it would be really good in a um sort of in an educational establishment but the size of the tablet is not something that you could slip into your backpack easily it's it's a chunky device so it, it was impressive. I can see lots of uses for it. Um, but it is only one height of Braille display. And the reason I, I mentioned that is because another piece of technology that I was looking at was the um, tactile graphic embossers. Oh, yeah. By by View Plus. Um, and they're amazing. Uh, well out of um, most people's budgets. But you, what they'd done for display, had printed um, colour cartoon characters like Bart Simpson and then overlaid it with um, embossed, uh, embossed it with the different colours being different textures. And they do one to seven different heights of Braille dot. Um, and then they have different textures. So you, as a blind person, you could tell the colour. So there was a colour wheel that had the different texture and then the braille for the colour. And then you could go over to the the image. You can feel what Bart Simpson looks like. And then you could feel that the skateboard and work out that the skateboard was green. And, and that technology looked really interesting um, From for me personally. Uh, a lot of my work is with... 
architecture diagrams, IT architecture diagrams, which are boxes and lines, and uh, there's no good way for me to consume them at the moment. So being able to print them in tactile graphic in future is is something that I would like to to look forward to. Um, so but that, that's out of the range, like you say, it's out of the range for most people in terms of price. Organisational I mean, prices, right? Yeah. So the base printer was seventeen hundred pounds. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were say seventeen thousand. Yeah, right, so okay. did I. Yeah. That's, that's actually not as bad as I thought. Okay. Which is really slow, and it's only A4, but at the other end of the scale, you was in the seven thousand pound mark. So yeah, yeah. There's there's a broad range, um, but just seeing it in person because I've heard about all of the tactile displays, but actually being at tactile graphics print uh, embossers but actually being able to feel it and see uh, feel to understand how it works and that you just hit print there's no special software behind it it's just print and it'll print out and within the print driver you can set whether it has colors in different styles or whether it's different heights of dots so you can see it so for example a weather graph uh, uh, over population graphic where you've got the darkest color is the highest populations you could tactile you could feel the tactile difference between them so in some work environments i could see it being very very practical and cost effective Whereas a multi-line Braille display is not going to give you the difference that you need. The the DPI isn't there, the dots per inch. You've just given me an idea, right? So say say you're going to your employer and you're saying, I need, I really need an embosser, right? But you know, you're, you, they, they then look at the price of the embossers and the, the employer says, well, that's a lot of money. You say, yeah, but you know what? That's not a bad price. You should see how much they're charging for the color one. And then, you know, that might swing them <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll never look yeah, any good. Black and white one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you consider that with the cost of the, like a, a, an office photocopier or an office printer. I, yeah. I don't think that's too bad at that's all. That's not bad. No, it's not actually. Not and bad. like you said, that's a perfect example of why these um, events are so important, right? Where else would you see an embosser like this? It's not like you could go to your local big box store and, and try these things out. So it's really important. And in your case, you know, something like uh, where you need to access system flowcharts or something like that, it'd be invaluable. It's really cool. It, it's it's very impressive. And the uh, View Plus, it was Dan Gardner at, at View Plus. He'd flown over from the US to do the, the seminars and show off the equipment. Um, they also have a... a a touch tablet where you print a tactile graphic. So in this case, it was uh, the evaporation cycle. And then put that on a touch pad, touch sensitive pad. And as you tap on a tactile area of that graphic, it would read out what it was. So it was, you'd tap and it would say evaporation and then double tap and it would give you a description of what was happening. So from an education perspective but also i could see this being in employment when it uh, eventually being able to have something that you can tactilely touch and then enhance that with audio from it as well yeah. uh, you think sighted people would have a graphic that they can see and kids do it today they get to see uh, there's a, an app called Pickertail where they've got a book and they can see the pictures in the book and they tap on the table and it says the word table. Having that as tactile that you can feel there's a table there and then being able to tap it and have the audio that confirms it is fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Um, Tim, it sounds like you've got a lot out of the event, which is brilliant, and, and that is the best thing about it, right? You've, you've got a lot out of it. Is it somewhere you'll go again next year? Um, it will be more considered next year. I was fortunate this year to have um, Tesco vouchers that have paid for all the hotel and that. It's not to attend event an event like this when you're not local, mm. then there's a lot of cost that goes into it. So I would need to make sure that there was something that I really wanted to see to to invest that money again. Yeah. Well, listen, we really thank you for your time. Uh, we sadly couldn't be there, obviously, but we are so glad you are and uh, that you've got so much out of it and uh, able to report that back. So, yeah, Tim, thank you so much. Tim Dixon. Thank you, Tim. Thank you both for having us. 
And that's uh, almost it for today. I just want to quickly mention before we go, there was a story that I spotted in the paper. I think you noticed it as well. I say the paper. Who reads the paper? Yeah, uh, sorry. Is it the 80s? <laughs> what happened there? Yeah, I was sitting this morning reading my tabloid. Um, no, it was, it was in the uh, on the internet, the new oh, newspaper the- of the twenty. 20- yes. What are we on? First century? and wow. um, Thank you. Uh, and it was uh, on the news. I think BBC News had this. And it was um, a story about Freestyle Libra, which kind of made me smile when I read it because even though the story was about the fact that the app wasn't working properly and they had removed it from the app store, uh, which, yeah. of course, was having a devastating impact on a lot of people, I was kind of smiling because I thought, we've been talking about this for a very long time. Yes. And funnily enough, funnily enough, when it becomes a problem for other people... Remember that phrase I said the other day? Nothing's a problem till it happens to you. Well, there we go. Now everyone's up in arms because it isn't working properly. Uh, blind people have been telling you this for a long time. CC in Montreal has been telling you this for a very long time on this show. Now mm-hmm. it's affecting sighted people. They're bothered by it and it's being fixed and being looked at. And the news is, Sean? They have just released the fixed version to the App Store. So they did take the app away a few days ago when this problem arose. Uh, so you couldn't get it from the App Store, but now it is back up in there and apparently it is working fine. So give it a try. My concern is have they damaged accessibility in I that know. process? I, exactly the, my point. And I totally agree with you. Look, this is a terrible story. And of course, it affected a lot of people in a really, really negative and dangerous way. Yeah. But at the same time, I was going, I was laughing to myself when I read this. Oh, now it's a mainstream story. Now this is, oh my God, look at this. Somebody think of the children. When, you know, when it was about accessibility and, and visually impaired people couldn't access it, not a word. I was um, interested. I know. It's it funny. Was. It says a lot, doesn't it? Uh, but, you know, like you say, it's been fixed. Now, but the question is, though, has accessibility been impacted by this? So, CC, uh, I'm looking at you on this one. If you know the answer to this uh, and you've been testing it, and I have no doubt you will be, uh, then do get in touch and let us know. Uh, that is it for our show today. Thank you to Tim Dixon for joining us from Site Village to tell us all about some really interesting products. He'll be back with us again soon, I'm sure. And uh, also keep your feedback coming as well. We'll get into more of that on tomorrow's show. Uh, feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail on one 803 Four five six seven. We'll be back tomorrow. What? what, what? I was singing. I haven't sang oh, that see. number in a long time. Four five six seven. Sorry. Goodbye. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Bye bye. <laughs> the Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.